0: I can't breathe. I have my ID right here. My name is Elijah McLean. That's my house. I was just going home. I'm an introvert. I'm, I'm just different. That's all. I'm so sorry. I have no gun. I don't do that stuff. I don't do any fighting. Why are you attacking me? I don't even kill flies. I don't eat meat. But I don't judge people. I don't judge people who eat meat. Forgive me. All I was trying to do was become better. I will do it. I will do anything. Sacrifice my identity. I'll do it. You all are phenomenal. You are beautiful. I love you. Try to forgive me. I'm a mood, Gemini. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Ow, that really hurt. You are all very strong. Teamwork makes the dream work. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to do that. I I just... I can't breathe correctly. Dear Black Boys, Walking home with tea will get you killed. It doesn't matter if it's Arizona, Lipton, Pure Leaf, Gold Peak. People who aren't Black will want to kill you. Crooked neighborhood watchmen. Sick and twisted law enforcement. Tea seems to be a trigger for them. Especially if you are a young black man walking home. I was raised by a police officer in a family filled with law enforcement and military. I used to be proud of my mom. And even now I know that she honestly did what she believed was protecting and serving. But I believe that who she worked for is and always has been corrupt. The police have never been protectors of black bodies. They have instead been the henchmen for the money-hungry white men on high who created a torture system called prison that extended the life of slavery when many of us thought it had died. I can no longer defend anyone in my family continuing in this line of work. Not only because I feel as though it's giving an okay to the killing of black bodies, but also because I fear for their lives. I don't believe that a black person's life is safe because they stand on the other side of the thin blue line. Because if you so much as think about putting a pinky toe on the other side, they are likely to blow your head off. Elijah, like Trayvon, just wanted to go home. But for some reason, black bodies and tea don't mix. Elijah was me. Elijah was more than likely many of you who are listening to me speak right now. He will never get to see 25, never get to see 30, He'll never get to own his own spa to hire others who can do the healing work that he himself did. The violin is my favorite instrument and I too work in wellness. Elijah was me. He was me. We have to save our people, misfits, because they are hunting us. These sick, twisted, diabolical, and sadly mentally disturbed people are hunting us. We are animals to them. An army of Manchurian candidates are seeking to destroy the most innocent among us. And we can't let this happen. I pray you all understand just how important this war is. I pray you all understand that we don't have time for infighting, Because every time we turn on each other, it helps their aim in shooting us in the back. We have to save our people, misfits. Brianna needs justice now. Elijah needs justice now. Why is this even up for debate? Why are these officers free? Does anyone else often feel like they're in a movie, a video game? Doesn't it feel unreal to anyone else that it takes this long for people to wake up? Is the stake really that good? Stay awake, misfits. And don't think for a minute that things have truly gotten better. Better won't happen until we dismantle all of this bullshit. It's disturbing how sick someone has to be to make people who simply want to be left alone to their freedom look like animals when they are truly the animals how do you travel the world ravaging countries destroying cultures stealing people killing endlessly and call yourselves the heroes you are where mental health issues first started you are the creators of delusions But the time has come for the longest slumber in the history of the world to end. I want to say this as plainly as I can. White people are not the heroes of this story. And the police need to be defunded and dismantled. Period. While you were listening to this, Brianna's killers were probably watching TV. While you were listening to this, Elijah's killers were more than likely laughing in how it took almost a year to even bring this to national attention. While you were listening to this, another cop more than likely killed another black body. I love politics, but it's honestly a bunch of BS. However, let's play the game anyway. Go out and vote. And do it with passion and power. We need to make drastic changes on both the local and national levels and take down the system slowly but surely. I can't stress enough how sick it is that for years this deeply troubled people have killed anyone who stood up and spoke truth. How frightening to know that some people are so weak that they think killing people is power. Let's be clear that it is the complete opposite. To take another's life makes you the weakest of us all. I send love to you, Elijah, because I am you. I pray for your family. I pray that we bring these murderers to justice. I pray that your soul finds peace. This isn't going to be easy but misfits. Let's get healed. Welcome to The Healing Space, a black and queer mental health podcast geared toward proving there's more than one way to heal. I'm your host, Sensei Raven Ekundayo. Welcome Misfits. I know that the show started off heavy, but that is not where I intend to keep things. So we're gonna move forward in love and delight and dedication to the life of Elijah McLean. This week's episode is black, queer and unapologetic 10 with my guests Mark Presley, Chavez Brown, and Thomas Raybon. We had an awesome conversation about what our lives looked like during the pandemic, what each of us are doing for the black community, and much more. Now, even though I put this correction in the description for episode 95, I still wanted to verbally let you all know that I mistakenly spoke Ianas Dior's name at the top of episode 95 as if she was deceased. However, she thankfully is not. I was aware of this. However, in the moment, I just misspoke. Just wanted to make sure i corrected that <laughs> as someone who has definitely done a lot of journalistic work in the past owning my own magazine and more it's important to me to make sure that i clear up inaccuracies thank you to everyone who listened to and promoted episode 96 black trans lives matter the feedback was some of the best we've received in the history of the healing space podcast and you all promoted the heck out of it. You really did. Like, it was all over the place. And that really meant a lot. The promotion continues as new clips will be on the way this week as well. Amira Neal and Andy Queen Jean have both shared a desire to come back on THS. And I would love to provide them with the space once again. So stay tuned for that. I would also like to thank Nia Clark for doing an am-a-damn-if-his job as host. You can hear her part of the podcast on another podcast as well that aired uh, last week, but we'll get into all of that in good news. So I'm going to go through therapy in my (laughs) check-in. And when I say that, I mean, I'm going to talk about the fact that I've started therapy within the check-in segment. And then uh, we're going to go ahead and get into the conversation for BQ and you. Gonna skip past uh, Culture of Pop this week. I feel like it's been a minute since I've done Culture of Pop. But the conversation that we had with BQ and you was kind of long, so. Doing my best this time around to cut down the time. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I started therapy this past weekend. Which was new for me because you know, from I didn't know a lot of therapists even have weekend sessions. Now my therapist informed me that she normally doesn't. She has like a, a couple of people that she sees on weekends. However, our time I believe is going to change to uh, weekdays. So what ended up happening with me uh, is that, and I believe I mentioned this during the BQ and U conversation later, but one of my coworkers. And for those of you who listen often, you know that I work in mental health. So I'm surrounded by therapists. And one of my coworkers um, provided me with a website for finding therapists. And I used it because to go back a little further before I get to that point, I had reached a breaking point and I, I didn't feel like I could keep going on. Like I was really, and I've talked about it, you know, very honestly here on the podcast, but I felt like I was pretty done. I'd I'd honestly reached my ceiling and I I couldn't do it anymore. So I'm like, I have made a lot of excuses, you know, um, for why I still haven't gotten a therapist, but now's the time. And once she provided me with the website, I found a therapist pretty quickly. What I loved is how detailed the website allowed you to get, you know. I was able to make sure that the person was black I was able to make sure that this is someone who is an ally and accomplice to the uh to the uh queer and trans community. And that meant a lot, you know, because I was I definitely had a a little bit of nerves as far as finding the right person for me. And even in the initial conversation with us setting up everything, you know, documentation that needed to be signed and stuff, I couldn't immediately know that it would work with us, but I had hope. And our first session was what I needed and more. Honestly, uh, I was so very, very happy. Very happy. Uh, But mostly because I've heard from some people what their therapy sessions are like. And to be completely honest, their therapy sessions are very much like what we're taught as life coaches, you know. Um, We're supposed to be sounding board for you. You know, when when I went through my training as a life coach, one of the things they stress to us is that we're supposed to be saying things back to you. So, you know, you inform me that you've been very depressed lately and battling anxiety. My response back to you is, so you've been depressed lately and you've been going through anxiety. Is that right? And, you know, I begin to say these things back to you, kind of repeating what it is you're saying, allowing you to have your ahas several of us, several of the people who were in my class with me were like, yeah, that's not going to work for us. I was definitely at the front of that line. Um, so I was hoping that that's not that wouldn't have been my experience with this therapist because in my early twenties, that was my experience with my first therapist and it didn't last long. So I was hoping that that's not how she showed up and she did not. Uh, we conversed very much like friends, and it meant a lot, even though she's an elder, you know? Uh, <laughs> also, shout out to her for the wonderful compliment when I mentioned my age, and she was like, you're you're 40? She was like, no, you don't look it at all. And she repeated it several times. I was like, thank you so much. I appreciate that. But uh, it was great. It was a great session. Uh, we meet back again in two weeks, and it's much needed. It's much needed. It was online, and to be completely honest, i'd be okay if it was always online i don't need to see her physically in person you know um because i'm a hugger and you probably shouldn't be hugging your therapists (laughs) and i'm like i know from the way that we converse and just her energy i would want to hug her i'm good online even though i'm sure at some point in time in 2021 that may change it ain't changing no time soon but we're gonna leave alone how crazy things are down here in atlanta my god um, <laughs> but yes therapy is definitely working for me so far after my first session and uh, as always as I've done since the beginning of THS I've definitely implored all of you to seek therapy as well if you feel as though you're having uh, issues or if you just you know kind of want to clear out some things it doesn't necessarily have to be that you're having bad experiences you could be a very happy person and I would still say seek therapy I think that we all need it, you know? So we're gonna get into uh, the BQ&U 10, black, queer, and unapologetic 10. But first, I wanted to give you guys a little information on my three guests. First is Chavez L. Brown. Now, this brother has a special place in my heart because we pretty much grew up together. We grew up right next door to each other. And he also was one of the editors for my magazine, Escape the Matrix, back in the day. So we have a good amount of history. Chavez Al Brown was born in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and raised along with two siblings in Baltimore, Maryland. His mother nurtured Chavez's gift as a writer since he was a little boy and encouraged him to share his capabilities with the world. After rejection from publishing companies, he took matters into his own hands and self-published his first novel, Nice Guys Don't Finish Last, which climbed to number 16 on Amazon's best list. Following the success of Nice Guys, Chavez released his follow-up novel, Love You From a Distance, in 2014. In 2019, he released his first film, Short End of the Stick and recently finished writing two full-length screenplays, a coming-of-age story, Ian, along with his first horror script, The Tenth Floor. You can walk with Chavez on Instagram and Twitter at Chavez L. Brown and Facebook at Chavez L. Brown. Make sure that you visit his website, officialchavezlbrown.com. Now on to Thomas. Thomas Raybon, CEO of Focus Health and Wellness LLC. Based out of Las Vegas, Nevada by way of Baltimore, FOCUS, which stands for focusing on creating your solutions, was birthed out of the hope that people can recognize that fitness is both a physical and mental aspect. By helping people overcome some life issues and vice versa, some physical issues then and that they... Make sure I read that right. By helping people overcome some life issues and vice versa, some physical issues then in that they nope don't okay they can find out who they really are and become more stronger in body and mind that is thomas and lastly we have mark presley mark was born and raised in cleveland ohio he enjoys reading comic books laughing and fam laughing with family and friends as well as having personal dance parties in his living room mark is an avid music connoisseur and always has a tune playing He currently works in higher education at the University of Kentucky, but is also a personal trainer part-time. He is finishing a master's degree prior to starting his doctorate in spring of 2021. Mark is always smiling and aims to change the world one smile at a time. On Facebook, you can find him under Mr. Nice Guy, and on IG, he is mpressme90, that is the letter M. P-R-E-S-M-E-90. With that being said, misfits, go ahead and enjoy Black, Queer, and Unapologetic 10. Thank you all so much for being here for Black, Queer, and Unapologetic. This is the 10th episode of Black, Queer, and Unapologetic in the series. And this is the last episode of BQ&U before our uh, 100 episode mark so thank you all so much for being here nice
1: thanks for having thanks
2: me.
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> we are coming from all over the country and that's one of the main reasons why i chose you guys um other than you know all of us i believe have very unique um viewpoints as far as what's going on in the world right now I also wanted it to be something where all of us weren't living in the same city for the exact same experiences. You feel me? Mm, Um, So with this, there's a possibility that even though our ways of thinking may be similar, our experiences and what's taking place are different according to where we live. So I wanted to start off with uh, our first question dealing with, of course, The Healing Space is a mental health podcast. So I wanted to start off with a mental health question. So I'll go around to each of you, just asking uh, particularly how you feel about this. And then, you know, we can kind of go around if you all want to interact with each other and things of that nature. We can do that too. So how have you taken care of your mental health during the pandemic? Uh, Mark, we'll start with you first.
3: Um, oh, it's, it's been tough. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's been mad tough. Um, work for me hasn't really stopped yeah um and nothing's really really changed but um you know like my well for you for y'all who don't know my my self-care is like running working out and stuff like that um but i haven't really been able to do so yeah um so i had to find new ways to take care of myself and that that's been a <laughs> a journey um and a struggle but it's it's going better but it was it's been tough it's been like an up and out road mm-hmm. yeah um
0: have okay. you not been able to do it because you're like you don't necessarily? If you feel like if you go running outside, you may be too close to others, or is it because of your work you don't really have the time? Like,
3: um, so like the the gyms that I uh, can go to, like I haven't felt comfortable going. But yeah, also, so. um, I haven't ran since the whole Ahmad Aubrey mm. um, thing, and That's with real, yeah, with me being in Kentucky, um. It's yeah. It's it's a different world. Yeah. You know? Um. So that's you know that's that. So I've been trying to use my like apartment space, but it's very limited in space. Um. So it's just been tough. So, so it, it forced me to find other ways to take care of myself, like journaling and music and stuff like that. But still, like exercise is like my my stress reliever. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to figure out how to do that in the space in the um com- the the area that I can. Hmm. Yeah, so it's been tough.
0: I think that's happened with a lot of us, too. For those of us who, you know, we, we do focus on our fitness, either a little bit or a lot, you know, figuring out different ways to be able to focus on it because it's not the same way that it used to be. It doesn't look the same, and it may be a while before it goes back to looking that way. Oh, yeah. so I definitely can understand that. So um, so what what ways, if you can tell the the Misfit universe who's listening right now, are there any particular ways that you've gone about changing that for yourself?
3: Yeah. You someone the things I actually do for self care?
0: Yeah,
3: um, I've been like journaling, a, journaling a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, Audible has become like my best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I've uh, like heard some books that I haven't heard in a long, in a long time. I've been listening to a lot of Elaine Harris, and that spoke to my heart so much. Um, so just just listening to stuff like that, and um, I do these things called personal dance parties in my apartment. Nice. So like I'll leave like my computer in my office and. I'll go in, in the house and like uh, uh, turn on my Bluetooth uh, speaker, and I'll like turn the volume all the way up and just go to work. And like, next thing you know, I'm sweating and I'm good. <laughs> Come on, dance cares away. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you got to. <laughs> you
1: got to. <laughs> Chavez, what about you? Um, to make sure that what, what was the? Can you repeat the question? Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: how have you taken care of your mental health during the pandemic?
1: okay yeah so to take care of my mental health during this pandemic which I must admit that I'm a ver- I'm a home person. Yeah. So the so the actual quarantine didn't bother it didn't bother me as much. Same. Um <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it, it it didn't it didn't bother me as much. Um except for I I, I will say like when my birthday came around, I really felt it. Yeah. Because I normally yeah. go on vacation on on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um so I I really felt it um then. But I will say that the racial discrimination um, I I, I I don't know. I I just feel like that has affected me more than anything that's yeah. that's going on in in the world. Um, but what I w- what I do is I have to sometimes take a, a mental break from social media mm-hmm. for a few days to to <laughs> to to make sure that I can just decompress and just you know, not 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 saying that I'm avoiding what's going on right, in the world, right, sometimes you need that break because just constantly seeing the same thing over and over. It can, I don't know. It it, it, it can be frustrating, overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I just sometimes had to break away from social media for a few days and then I'll come back and, and I feel fine. Yeah. Um, and another thing that, that that I feel is helpful. Um, I had to piggyback on what Mark said with the journaling. Like the journaling has, has really helped me. Mm-hmm. I use uh, I use an app called Ref- I think it's pronounced reflect reflectly. I'm not sure if you guys ever heard of it, before. Mm-hmm. but it is it, it's it, it, it's very interactive. Uh, I I really um, enjoy that app. But that that has helped me with my with my mental. Um, as well as having open discussions with, like, my friends and my family about everything that's going on. I I find that to be helpful as well.
2: Nice.
0: Okay. So to to what you were saying as far as what's going on with um, a lot of the racial issues happening in our country, Mm -hmm. uh, when you said that it's been kind of, you know, hitting you more than anything else, has it been hitting you harder because of the pandemic, kind of because we have to sit still and witness it, or... Is it just overall? It's not really because
1: I, I feel like that is overall, and it just seems like it's, it's it's been a constant thing. Yeah, since we've been in this pandemic. I mean, I've, I I know that we've we've been going through it forever. Yeah, <laughs> but it just seems very just prevalent mm-hmm. more today than than I've ever seen in my thirty three years. Yeah, <laughs>
0: thank you for that. And what about you, Thomas?
2: Um, so, obviously, fitness is, is big for me. Uh, so, losing the gym was extremely tough. The first two weeks of, of quarantine were like, what am I gonna do?
0: Right. Uh, it was <laughs>
2: like, literally. Uh, you know, I've had crutches in the past of where you try to deal with things, your feelings, your emotions. And, you, you know, for most people who've been overweight, they, they go directly to food. So, I, I knew that's not an avenue or, or drinking or alcohol. Yeah. Um, I knew that wasn't an avenue that I wanted to go down. So for me, it really was finding another way to work out. Yeah. Um, being inventive with it. Uh, possibly I wasn't breaking into my complex gym. The key still worked and it was open. They didn't change the code. Wow. <laughs> so going in. but But what was nice about it is it forced me to then wake up four thirty five o'clock in the morning so I can get in before anyone in the office got in yeah I work out in so now I'm back on that routine now luckily we've been open uh, for about a month now the gym's been open I gave him about a week and then I went back in you know wearing a mask is not fun to do when you're working out but it, it's what's necessary to keep everyone healthy and, and everyone safe um, the gym for me is, is the biggest thing for my mental health. That, yeah. That's that specifically. Um, I learned a, a long time ago that also being able to sit in your feelings and your thoughts, whatever you're feeling, whether they be good or bad, is going to help. And then somewhat expressing them, whether it be to my partner or to my friends, texting Chavez, you know, or just just checking in on each other. You know, we get into this, this kind of misconception that someone always has to be checking in on you, which is not the case, mm-hmm. but that random one every week or every two weeks is the thing, that's all I need. Like, oh, hey, how are you doing? I'm good, okay, cool. And then you're back to, I, I hate to use the word normal because for me, I don't right. think there will ever be a normal again, which is right. good. Um, so, but just those constant reminders and, and like I said, fitness for me is, you know, walking to the park, finding a new park, To walk to, doing what I need to do to work out because if if I didn't work out, then I would go crazy. But I'm going to find find something to do to to tell myself that I'm working.
0: What I think is so cool is that as I listened to all three of you, each of you had one or two specific things that I'm doing in my life as well. So that was really cool. Like as Thomas was talking, I'm like, wow, it's really all three of them. (laughs) Like all three of you have some part of the way you're operating in the pandemic that I do, too. Uh, for me, the, the newest thing that I'm doing for my, for my mental health is that yesterday I started therapy again. And uh, I'm 40 now, and I haven't had a therapist since I was 23. And mm-hmm. so I was thinking about it because my 9 to 5, I'm an essential worker as well, and uh, I work for a nonprofit where we're working with homeless youth, a lot of them queer and trans and it's all around mental health so i'm like i'm surrounded by this all day all of the kids on my caseload all battled different mental health issues so it begins to take a toll on you you know Mm -hmm. um so for a while now i've been there for over two years and for a while i've been going on and on about how i need to go to a therapist because you know those of us working in mental health we need therapists too yes and i held off for a really long time until it got to a point last week where i was legit beginning to i mean it started at the end of last year the end of last year i uh, and i talked about it on the podcast before i started breaking out into stress hives which i didn't even know were a thing i'd never heard of them before and so i ended up having to do research because i'm like what the hell is happening to my torso so you know it's like i'm doing research and find out what they were find out the reason why it ended up happening to me you know an issue that i had with one of my kids where i had to call um child protective services on her because of the things she was doing to her child didn't want to do it stressed me out, you know, and all this stuff so it got to a point where I'm just like okay, you keep doing this and you're thinking that all you have to do is meditate it away all you have to do is go and help people and that, that's how it worked in the past in the past, me getting my healing was just being there for others and that would make me feel better for whatever reason, the minute I hit 40 all of those old rules changed Everything changed. My anxiety looks different now, you know? Before with me, it was like, okay, you know I get anxious about stuff, but we'll be all good. Now my anxiety makes it so I can't even walk into certain rooms anymore. Uh, I was on a Zoom call with um, Yoga Alliance, and I couldn't even stay on it. There were people from all over the world, and it made me feel really uncomfortable, awkward. I can't do it, and I had to sign off, you know? Mm. Um, so I'm like, this wasn't me before 40, like what's happening? And I was like, I really do need to seek a therapist. So thankfully one of the therapists on my campus put me down with this website that I was able to go to, found a therapist and she and I started yesterday and she's amazing. Just one session. And already I'm like, this is going to work. And she... (laughs) Thank you, Chavez. Um, she asked me, she said, so have you had a therapist before? I said at 23, but please don't ask me anything about him because all I remember is that he was Indian. <laughs> she was like, I guess that would stand out. <laughs> I was like, he, 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 he didn't make an impact on me, you know? Right. Like I stopped therapy with him because he made no impact whatsoever. And that's when I, I realized this time around that you need to find a therapist that speaks to exactly what it is that you need At that age, I was just like, I'm supposed to go and sit on the couch with somebody and that'll be enough, you know? So I went in there with him and he was one of those therapists. I'm not sure if any of you have had a therapist before, but he was one of those therapists that you talk the whole time and he eventually wants to lead you to what your issue is, which is what, as a life coach, I was taught. As a life coach, I was taught, Mark says to me, you know, I'm dealing with anxiety, my response is, so you're dealing with anxiety. Mm -hmm. That's what I was taught, you know? I don't need that kind of therapist. And she's not she's one of those ones that talk to me the way you guys would you know and through our conversation i have my aha moments and i'm like okay so that's gonna work so i would have to say that out of all of the different practices you know things that have changed with me working out in the house doing yoga in the house and things of that nature my therapist is probably the most important piece Mind you, I'm like only 24 hours into
1: her, but <laughs> but I would definitely say only, that it only takes one session to make a difference. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it did, it did,
0: and um, I don't know, like it, it's a it's a black woman, and I I chose a black woman. You know, the website that I went to lets like, you get real detailed, so mm-hmm. I wanted a black woman. I wanted it to be somebody who was then an ally and accomplice of the uh, Black, queer, and trans community, they let you get like down yeah. to religion and everything. Um, so she, she came into it already understanding me, and I needed that. I needed to feel seen for exactly who I am. I didn't need those awkward conversations of being like, well, this is me, and that's... It's phenomenal. So yeah. Yeah, that's big.
2: I, th- they- I think the biggest thing, too, that uh, Vez had said um, is the social media stepping away, mm-hmm. especially when dealing with um, your mental health, because obviously we're all black here. Um, all of what we're seeing right now is very triggering. Yeah. Um, I know you had posted something earlier today and it's very true for me too. Uh, the Elijah McC- McCain story. Yeah. I I have to, I have to fast and, and scroll past it. Yeah. I can't because yeah. it, and like you said, you, you felt connection to it. I felt a connection to it because I used to teach students like him. Yes. And it's like, it's, it's very triggering to the brain to say, that could have been one of my students. That could Absolutely. have been me. that yes. could have been someone else. So definitely being able to put down the phone, to close the computer. You know, I, I found joy again in washing dishes and yes, cooking <laughs> yeah. dinner and cleaning around the house because I didn't want to be sitting down because if I was sitting down, and more than likely, I was going to be on.
0: Yeah, right. The what what happened with Elijah, and I know I can't stay on it long because whoo boy. Um, but yeah, I all of them. You know, like Thomas, you said you saw my story. Like I put in my story. Like all of the deaths have impacted me. Yeah. But it's something. It's yeah. something about the fact that ooh, when he was talking to them. And he was saying to them, you know, I'm I'm just an introvert, like all of these things. The way he's speaking to you, and yet you still did what you did to him, you know good and well. That's what's really getting to me, you know? And I could see me as him in a heartbeat. And I'm saying, you know, because I've run over my mind over and over again, what would I say in a situation like that? And he said some things that I would say, and I'm like, and it still didn't matter. So that's what angers me is because it's like you say to yourself, well, I'll do these things if the situation ever arises. Oh, shit. Even that's not going to matter, you know, and, no. and that is what really got at me. Um, but also something you said earlier when I was saying that I could take something from all three of you. You were talking about sitting with yourself. And I think that's very important because it's something that a lot of us are afraid of. And when I do a lot of my um, life coach sessions, it's something I challenge my clients to do because we fear actually digging deep. Yes. But I'm so glad that you said that, Thomas, because it's so necessary. And I feel like this pandemic was a blessing in that sense.
1: Yes. For some. For some. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Some people still don't want to know who they are. Some <laughs> so people well, cannot sit with themselves.
2: There's there's that, but then there's also people who don't understand. It took me 34 years, I, I just turned 36. Well, it took me 33 years, and Chavez, you can speak to this, Raven, you too, mm-hmm. about who I was even just four or five years ago as a person to where I am now, mm-hmm. to be yeah. able to actually even do that. I, I projected so much of what was going on inside me to other people. Yeah. That it was so, when we use the word, and again, another word I don't like to use, but when we use the word toxic, when in actuality, we are the person that is the problem. Speak. And we just can't come to terms with that. So every single time, it's someone else's fault, it's someone else's fault, it's okay. But then when you step back, sit in everything that you have done and everything that you're going through, and you say, oh shit, this was me. I shouldn't have let this go on for so long. I should have contributed to this. Ooh. I should have just walked away. So once you and and I get it, you know, so they just you just can't come to terms with it unless you want to. Mm-hmm. But then some people don't even know how to get there. Speak, because okay. whew, again, again, we're all conditioned in one way to do something, whether from birth, whether from our parents, or from the relationships yes. that we have around us, or from our friends. We don't understand our friends, the people we touch, the people that we come in contact with every single day contribute to everything that goes into us. So at the end of the day, what we are putting out is, is exactly what we've taken in. Yeah. So we, we have to definitely be able to just sit and focus on us. Yeah. Focus, we'll get back to that. <laughs> but we have to focus on ourselves, we really do. And that's not being selfish, it's not being individualistic. It's for the betterment of the people around us that we're able to complete ourselves before we can help anyone else out.
0: I like that you said that because I named 2020. So I name every year, for those of you who don't know. I name every year. I started that in like 2010. And I named 2020 the year of healthy selfishness. And mm-hmm. I was like, there is a such thing as healthy selfishness. And I feel like you just spoke to that, you know? It's like, I'm, my, I'm not seeking to take anything away from anyone else. I'm not seeking to harm anyone else but I want to make sure that I'm showing up for me. And for me, I know as a healer, as someone who is out here doing the work towards others, I know that I was put on this earth to be a servant to humanity. I know that about me. So that means that I have to go above and beyond to make sure that I'm showing up for me. And I like that you said that because everyone's journey is different. All four of us, our journeys are different. Some of us will get to certain places before others. Others, you know, will be behind. And one of the things that I had to learn, I had to learn, I had to learn. <laughs> and there are certain people in my life that all of y'all know <laughs> that I had to learn. They they don't mean me any harm in some of the things that they've done to me. Mm-hmm. And I can't expect that because, especially because of my age, you know? So it's like, it has less to do with the number and more to do with the experiences. I've experienced certain things that have gotten me to a certain point in time. But because of the trauma that I've gone through, certain people will or won't do things, and I'll assume that it's an attack on me. Mm. It's not an attack on them, on me. It's just where they are in their journey. Right. And we have to show, as a lot of people have been using the word grace lately, we have to show them grace. And we have to, if we care, if we care and truly love these people, we have to be able to do two things. We have to be able to give them space to grow how and ever, we have to also be able to know when to step away. Yep. And that's very important, too, because we all exist in chapters. And while we are giving somebody the space to be able to grow, we have to also be able to say, okay, that's long enough. <laughs> like, yep. I am now beginning to damage myself, so I'm going to have to, you know, out right now. And who's to say in the future we may not have another chapter, you know? All right. You quiet over there, Mark. you have anything to, to, to put in? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Listen, everything y'all saying is just like, it's just, it's just hitting. Listen, Um, Thomas almost made me stand up. (laughs) (laughs) Almost knocked over this whole computer because (laughs) (laughs) I was, I I have been super thankful about this quarantine, Thomas, because it, it was one of these times that it was a blessing in disguise. It forced me and so many of my friends to sit down and sit in our thoughts and when before this we were constantly going to work or worrying about family worrying about so many other things this stopped everything and to sit and really stew in those thoughts and some thoughts you haven't had for 10 15 20 years and you have to face you know those things and those things that you were thinking and those situations again after 10 15 20 years it's scary yeah you know, it is so scary. So to sit in those thoughts, it's it's, it's crazy. So it, it forced me to to handle things and to deal with things that I haven't handled, but it's forcing friends to do the same and they can't do it,
0: mm-hmm.
3: you know, or they, I mean, they're not at their, their step in their journey to do so. Right. You know, um, and that's that's okay. You know, I was just talking with one of my, um, one of my really good friends from, I met at a conference a couple years back and we we're talking on Friday. And, you know, we're just catching up. And he was like, well, what you been up to? And I was like, you know, just working on myself. And he asked, what have you been working on? Mm. And I was like, well, and I I like broke it down. And I was like, I had to realize during this time that, you know, the good guy, Mark, wasn't so good. Wow. You know, and the nice guy wasn't always nice, you know? Um, Because a lot of things that I was projecting onto other people, it wasn't them doing things, it was me.
0: Yeah,
3: you know, so it 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 was a very real conversation. It's been a very real period, but you know, as I talked to another one of my colleagues, she just can't sit with herself,
1: Mm -hmm. and she
3: has a lot of things that she's fighting, and it's 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 hard um, to constantly reaffirm her and just like, okay, your time will come, yeah. And today is just not that time. It's okay, yeah. You know, so you know, Thomas, when when you said that before, it like I put like a mental note, and I was like, I have to come back to that. But then I forgot, and then,
2: you know, right again. It's it's funny you say that because what we're seeing right now, especially with these cases start to surge, whether they are or not, people can believe in conspiracies. But now (laughs) you're starting to see the people who who feed off that energy from others. And I get it. Mm -hmm. I am a people person to the core. I love being around people. I love all that energy. But at the same time, you can see that. Oh, I need I need to take a picture of this. I need this for Instagram. I need this for Facebook. Look, I'm out and about because they can't just sit with themselves. Mm-hmm. If that were the case, we'd see a lot more selfies of people sitting on their couch. Yeah, yeah. We, but we yes. but we don't want to but we don't want to do that because that's not what what fits our narrative of who we are. Mm-hmm. I get it because a lot of people used to tell me that all the time. I lost a whole bunch of weight and I look different. People are like, "Wow, you're a different person." I'm like. I'm really not. Mm-hmm. I am the same person I am on the inside, but now I've kind of been able to get rid of all these other layers where you just saw this before. Yeah. You saw the happy go lucky guy. I was right there with you, Mark. I was the happy, fun, the the drunk guy, you know, who was always having a good time <laughs> yeah. but never really got down to the the nitty gritty of it. So mm-hmm. shed the weight, really understand what was going on in my brain, and now they're like man, this guy's kind of, he can be a jerk a little bit. No, I'm just truthful. Mm-hmm. Because this is the things that I had to deal with myself in order to truly understand myself.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I, I get it. So. Oh, child. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Y'all are speaking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so as far as the changes, we've all experienced changes. What do you believe has been the most impactful change that you felt during this pandemic uh, we'll go with chavez first
1: okay um for me the most impactful change is is definitely how every, how all of the countries are uniting together um, for um, black lives matter um, I've never seen anything like that happen before so um, it, it, it it just makes me feel that, I, I, I don't know how far it's gonna take, well, how long it's gonna take to, 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 to get to where we want to be, but it's definitely a change coming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else, right? <laughs> but but I, I think that's the most impactful. So far.
0: Okay, and you, uh, Thomas?
2: Uh, I'm going to go back before the pandemic. Um, I had a, a big change in, in, or a big shift in my life. Um, and then I decided to move. Uh, so a biggest thing, my one of my biggest things was re, re-finding my faith. Yeah. And, and understanding that my path was already created. I just had to go down it. Instead mm-hmm. of trying to create all these little avenues of, oh, I can get here through this. No, just... He's leading you, so go down this path. Yeah. And and like I said, me and my partner have talked plenty of times, and and one of the biggest things we said is that 2020 not being this perfect vision, but actually being a year of revelations. Mm. And whether they be people, things, events, really showing themselves for what they really are. And that's what you see. So I I moved here. I I was in the best shape of my life. I I was really lean. I was down to like 225. I got a job, I started eating everything in sight, now I'm living in Vegas, I'm like, oh yeah, let's party, let's do it, and it reversed everything I had done for a, a whole six months, and rather like two months. Mm. So I really had to step back and reevaluate everything, that I because I just said, I kind of just said, screw it to everything that I had worked so hard for, to then yeah. be like, oh, just, just blow it all on this. So I had to really go back and almost retrain my brain to say, wait a second, this is this is not what you want to do. You know, this is not where you want to be. So it was really, the pandemic gave me a perfect time to hone in on my diet, to get the brand really going, to yeah. get the show going, and to really, like Mark said, sit down, work on myself again, because I think we get this idea that once we reach a goal or this, this success point where we think is success, we stop. Mm-hmm. And we're done. And we're like, okay, yeah, all right. And then it hits you in the face again and you're like, oh shit, no, I got to keep working.
1: Yeah. So it's just, back to your old ways. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it
2: just kind of reasserted the fact to me like, no, no, no. This journey is not goal to goal. To, this journey is going to be lifelong till the day I die. Yeah. And I'm just going to follow the path however long it takes me, because tomorrow could be it, or 40 years down the road could be it. But if I don't wake up every day with intention, then I'm not gonna go There we go. So one of the biggest things, the last thing I'll say is, I found an old picture of, amidst when I was back in Baltimore, of me losing weight. Mm -hmm. And for me now, it's it's weird because I'm like, wow, you were really big? And then here's another picture, I was like, you're still big. But for me, (laughs) It was progression. And what I in turn said to myself is, you have to be able to turn that progression into a passion. Yeah. Because when that happens, is when your drive starts to kick in. Yeah. We can all strive for, for, for perfection, but we might not ever get there. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Because as long as you're still going and that still drives you, then shit, yeah. nothing's going to stop you.
0: It's absolutely about the journey. Yeah. Focus on the journey, yeah. And what about you, Mark?
3: Oh shoot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: so, uh, Rave, I'm gonna give you a little, a little pat on the back. Um, so every time I've kind of, I've kind of taken something from you. Oh, awesome. so every time that you come out with your, you know, you name the the years. Yeah. So I've been kind of like. Snatching that from you, but I never put it out there. <laughs> it's been more of like a personal thing, you know.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, so I turned thirty in two
2: weeks.
3: Jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm. Yes,
2: yes,
3: yes. Oh, wow. I turned thirty in two weeks. So like before. Uh, uh, at the end of last year, I was in I was in Houston, with some really really great great people, and uh, I was trying to think of a name for this year, and I was like, "What's it gonna be? What's it gonna be?" So like, I mean, I got on your page, Raven, and I like started scrolling, and I was like, "I need some I need some like insight. I need some inspiration." So this year was my year of the phoenix, you know.
0: Yes.
3: Because I feel like thirty is monumental, and yeah, you know, coming from Cleveland, there's a lot of people I, I grew up with that aren't here anymore. Yeah. But so for me to make it to 30 and, you know, be doing some really good things, I feel like in my eyes, I was like, this is going to be something great. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then, you know, COVID's ball headed ass hit. And I was just like, <laughs> you know, all this change that I'm trying to do and, and, and all this uh, challenging I'm trying to do to myself, how am I going to do it with everything closed down? absolutely you know with everything at a standstill so um that was a big impact just because like i had to figure out new ways how to really accomplish those goals and really reevaluate and and figure out those goals for me um so it's been a lot of uh, a lot of challenging myself yeah and not not just challenging the positive aspects but challenging the negative aspects too you know, a lot of mental work, a lot of emotional work, a lot of open and honest conversations, which I'm pretty sure all y'all know are not always fun.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and that's with, you know, all significant others, that's with family, that's with therapists, you know, it's yeah. mm-hmm. a, it's been a whole mess. <laughs> um, but that's really been an impact. And then just seeing this, you know, everything going on with the um, Black Lives Matter movement and, the visuals of seeing these you know people of color being killed on on social media it forced me to really push myself outside the box and challenge myself like okay i have a voice i have breath how am i going to go out here and really fight for these people yeah you know because we talk about elijah that could have been my little brother Mm -hmm. you know we talk about brianna that could have been my sister or my aunt we talk about uh, george floyd that could have been my dad we talk about that could have been me yeah. You know, so how am I gonna use this year of me growing out of the ashes and redeveloping who I am and, and and you know, soaring among the clouds? How can I use that aspect to really push me to fight for these people who aren't here anymore? Right. So that's been a huge aspect for me, um a huge impact in this year. And it's I plan on carrying that momentum, you know, into these year Come on,
0: year of the Phoenix. I love it. (laughs) I think that may have been like, I don't know if I turned 38, 37. I had the Phoenix at some point. I don't remember what year it was.
1: I know. You're silly.
0: (laughs) So, okay. I'm going to take this question and then, so I'll be the last one to answer this question and then I'll be the first one to go into the next one. So um, the biggest impact for me would probably be the work that I'm doing with the nonprofit that I work for. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's... Everything that's happening shows up so different when you're an essential worker, you know, Uh, because people are like, how much has your life changed? I'm like, I'm sure not as much as yours. (laughs) My life has stayed very much the same. Uh, I guess the biggest changes would be, you know, like I work from home on certain days now. That's new, you know? Um, and I, I don't look forward to if that ever changes. <laughs> I'm like, if we can, when we come out of this, can I continue to work from home? Right. Uh, yeah, and
1: then- That's the same question I asked my manager. <laughs> listen, it's real. I'm like, can I say, can this be forever? Forever, listen. I have no reason to come back into no office.
0: Listen. And, and I think a lot of people are realizing that now, Chavez. A lot of companies are realizing that. Like, oh, you can actually do this from home. Yes, we can. Right. Yes, yes we can. <laughs> yes. Um, but for for me, and this is what we've attempted to explain to you know our president, vice president, all of them, it's like, for our mental health, as life coaches and therapists, we don't need to be there five days a week. That takes a toll on us, you know? Especially because as a nonprofit, We have money that we have to be able to, you know, bring in to stay open. So a lot of that comes from our billing for our clients. So we need to be able to bill for our clients as well as see our clients. And that's not always an easy thing to do when you're there five days a week. So being able to work from home, we have an opportunity to work on our notes and still interact with them on our time. Where If we're there on campus, they can come knocking on our office door at any time, you know. Um, so that has been a big impact in a positive way is that I get to kind of step back, but also for me, especially for you guys who know about storytellers, we always would do, you know, um, pay it forward. And so what we've been doing right now with my organization is that two times a week, we go out into the community and we take food to families in need. And so that's, um, twice a week we do that. And we've been doing that for three months now. And that has made a huge impact on me in my life because it reminds me of what I did up in Baltimore. And I love doing that. I love giving back. Um, my coworkers are like, okay, we done. We tired of getting in cars, driving <laughs> all over Georgia. <laughs> They're like, we good. I'm like, "Can I please keep doing this? Like, it's the best feeling. It's the best feeling, especially to see those folks and families who right now, for whatever reason, they may not have jobs. They can't get out. You know, We don't know where we're going to get our next meal from. And especially for like families, families. So for it's like, you know, mothers and fathers who are going through that to be able to have people who care enough to be able to help them out. And for them to not feel like they, you know, they're like, we don't need it. We don't want our kids seeing us getting, you know, and they're like, by all means, please, we really appreciate it. It's an awesome feeling. Uh, So then to transition from that into something that Chavez has mentioned more than once. I know Mark that you've talked about, I believe you may have mentioned it as well, uh, Thomas, but as far as Black Lives Matter, my next question for you guys, and I'll be, I'll go first is how have you been doing your part as far as black lives matter, black trans lives matter, all black lives matter, you know, what is it that you've been doing for your part? And the reason why I say, what have you been doing? And I've talked about, I talk about this on my other podcast, Keep Firing, um, which I actually posted, uh, I think I posted this clip earlier today, which is, I believe that we all play different parts. And I'm sure each of you have seen at some point, somebody shaming somebody for not doing quote unquote enough when it comes to Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And so I've been telling people that you can't shame people for not being on the front lines because being on the front lines, is not everybody's job, you know? So for me, the way that I've been showing up is twofold. I've been showing up with my podcasts. And because in war, which is what I consider this to be, in war, you have those who are getting out the news. And it's important for those, those news people, you know, podcasts, radio, all of that kind of stuff, your CNNs, your MSNBCs, all of those things, to get the news out to other people in the world and other places in the country, because you may not be aware of what happened to Rayshard Brooks. You don't live in Atlanta, you know? Okay. So that's what I do. I focus on the news, getting things out to other people who may not know, listening to the healing space right now, you know? Another way is healing. I am a healer. So I continue my work as a life coach on my campus, helping out these black, trans, and queer kids who need to be able to see somebody who's actually showing up for them and not leaving them out there in the cold, you know, who's coming there with a loving heart, who wants to be able to listen to them and learn along with them because I'm learning on this journey too, you know. So that's how I show up. And that's what I've said, you know, I'm like, I've been marching since I was 15 years old. I don't feel bad at all for not being out there marching this time around. You know i've done the work i've been out there so you know there's a whole nother generation this 40 year old can find other ways to be able to get back (laughs) that are just as impactful (laughs) so that's me what about you chavez
1: yeah so um i haven't felt comfortable doing the marches because obviously because of the the pandemic yeah Um, but i have um i have donated money Mm -hmm. I have signed petitions. I have shared petitions. I have, I've, I continuously post all day. Yeah. Um, with, you know, about the, the, the movement and what's going on today. Yeah. Um, and and I've also sent emails to attorney generals and, mm. and state officials as well.
0: Absolutely. And, and and thank you for saying all of that because those are the things that I tell people. I'm like, you. you try to shame people for not being out doing things, but there's a whole lot that you can do inside and stop acting like COVID doesn't exist.
1: Yes. (laughs) Please. I I see people out here um, marching without masks on. I don't feel comfortable with that. I'm sorry. (laughs) They're talking about it spiking, duh. Like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) the hell? Like, did you not see that sea of people in LA? Yes, it's going to spike. Like, what? No. So so. thank you for that. And thank you for saying that. Because someone who's listening to this podcast right now feels seen because of what you just said. Somebody who's listening to this podcast right now felt shamed because they were like, you know, I'm signing petitions. I'm making sure that I'm speaking out. I'm sharing things online that my friends and family may not know about, but I'm still being told that's not enough. Hell yes, it's enough.
3: Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Mark? Um, so I've been out, I've been out there protesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's some of the scariest shit in my life. <laughs> um, that's real. <laughs> it, it, listen, being in Lexington and Louisville, it is scary. Ooh. Um, but yeah, just doing that and then, um, it got a little bit overwhelming in Louisville. Yeah. Um, just with the tear gas and, and everything. Um, mm-hmm. so like, um, a couple friends and I, we, um, just made like little like safe houses yeah, um, and where the protesters can come in, they can get water, they can get food, um, like a little uh, things like milk in case they've been tear gas, um, and just relax. Mm. Um, so just being like the kind of like safe house, resource house for them. But that's that's been my thing. Um, yeah, I've done a little bit of the of the writing letters, but I just I felt really compelled to be out there on the front lines yeah, um, and kind of just witness what you know my grandparents witnessed. You yeah. know my great uncles and then witness when they were protesting during their time. Um, so, yeah, that's been, that's been me.
2: Absolutely. And what about you, Thomas? Jeez, be careful in Louisville. I know they just had that, that shooting down there. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the, So yeah, definitely be careful. Be, be careful. Um, you know, when this all started, I, I took it really, um, it was tough because, and for any of the listeners who are, who are mixed, like myself, mm-hmm. growing up such, people will always assume like, oh well you're black and white, which is not true, I'm black and Asian. Right. So growing up was always tough because I was never white enough for the white kids, or Asian enough for the Asian kids, and never black enough for the black kids. But seeing someone like George Floyd, especially in our stature, being 6'4", 250 pounds, the cops are gonna try to bring you down any way possible, whether you're resisting or not. So I'm seen as a threat automatically. But um, as far as, I think Vez had said this earlier, just seeing the entire country come around this has been very like, it makes you very proud. And it it pushes me and almost energizes me. So what we've been doing out here in Nevada, um, I have some hookups with some councilmen and state senators that I will be meeting uh, probably later in July. Um, we're starting a group out here called NV United, um, yeah. which is going to tackle all type of racial issues uh, uh, out here in Nevada. Believe it or not, Nevada only has about 13,000 Black people in Las Vegas. People think there's a lot of us out here. There's really not. Mm-hmm. Uh, while it might be a very progressive state, it's a whole bunch of white. Right. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, you
2: know, there's a lot of there's a lot of tourists. Wait, they're only here for a couple days and then they And leave. then they're gone, right. Yeah, you know, the black population is not out here much. So, but um, that's one of the things. I've been in talks with a friend in L.A. We are trying to build up a, a black Wall Street again, a black. Nice. A black block. Um, just to start anywhere that we can start to put the money back into our own community. Uh, you know, switching over from my Wells Fargo bank account, which I still have. I just yeah. keep a little bit of money in there. Right. To One United. Um, yeah, you know, just just the little things that we can do, and like Vez says, you don't have to be on the front lines. I went out there at the very beginning, um, but Nevada is an open carry state. I'm not trying to be out there; where anyone can carry a gun. You know, I don't I don't care if you're black if you're white. It, when the gun starts shooting, and I don't have one, I'm I'm not here. Yeah. For it. So, um, but yeah, just and just trying to get the like you say, get the news out there. It's yeah. it's very difficult because, uh. You know, the first couple of weeks you want to educate, but now we're we are very tired to this point and exhausted of educating, mm-hmm. and I'll be specific to white people that yeah, I'm I'm done. You have to Google yourself, you have to do the education yourself because, um, because we've been doing it for so many years. <laughs> and when people say that there is no so honestly speaking, I didn't know what an HBCU was until I was at least thirty. Mm, wow. 30. The reason I went to Maryland was because I wanted to play football. Yeah. I I wasn't given any, not that I wasn't given any of their choice. I could have went to Dartmouth. I could have went to Western Maryland. But I heard nothing of a Morgan State or of a Hampton or anything like that where I could have played football and could have learned more about my culture. But that's just not how I grew up. So it's it's those little things. Um, Luckily, I've been unemployed. I stepped away from my job in December, which was bad on my part. Um, but getting back into education myself out here. So I will be working at a high school in the fall. Nice. The, little, the little things that we can do to help our young kids, because like I've told a lot of people, being 36 and getting older, we might not be able to see all the fruits of this labor right now. Mm-hmm. The, kid, the kids who are, who are younger now, who are being born right now, are the ones who are going to be able to hopefully see this peace, yeah. hopefully see this equality. And that's really what we're fighting for at the end of the day, because I might be 80 years old, but I can honestly look back and say, man, we fought that good fight so you could be here and actually be equal, you know, to other people. Yeah. And that's it. It's just sad that we have to wake up when we're seeing it. Yes, between social media and and all this stuff, just every day we're seeing something every single day between a Karen, a killing, a beating, or some nonsensical person calling nine one one just because someone was black and you felt threat. Yeah, I'm so
1: sick of these carries. Listen, <laughs> I'm Listen. so sick. Of, I'm so sick of these carries. But so. when
2: you when you look back on it, I think about my entire youth and no nothing. You know, against my mother being Asian and being an immigrant moving over here, she she knew no better. She knew no better. Just to do what was right for her son. We lived in the affluent white neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. When I moved to, to Maryland, we lived in Randallstown, an affluent black neighborhood in Randallstown. Yeah. I still knew no better. So when people told me, oh my gosh, you speak, you speak white, or wow, you have really nice hair, it, it never, it never dawned on me because yeah. that's what I was taught. And we're consistently taught that, no, we need to find a space, we need to find a seat at this table. I did that, I tried to sit at the table. They let me sit down at the table, and then what happens, they, they get you off of the table, and then they make you out to be the villain. Mm-hmm. Happened to me, everyone I'm sure on this panel has been stopped by the cops at one point or, or yes. another. Mm-hmm. It happens. So anytime that someone says, oh, well, there's no systemic racism in this country, or no, it doesn't happen, or you're too good to be put in that situation. It's all bullshit. Yeah, It really is. Yeah, And I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of people just want to be like, well, tell me, what can I, you know what? No. You do you do the research and just, and get on it. Yeah. So next question,
0: thank you all for that. Um, next question. Uh, first, cishet. Be cisheterosexual. You, uh, you are assigned as male, and you agree with that assignment, you know? I was born male, I agree with this genitalia, you call me male, him, he, uh, all of those are my proper pronouns. Right. I wanted to make sure I got that out there first, because I didn't want to say, <laughs> I didn't want to say sis hat, and you're like, what the hell is sis hat? Right. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank
2: you for the explanation. I- <laughs>
0: oh, you didn't know all. <laughs> I know. <mean>, I- <laughs> I was, as I was listening to Thomas preparing for my next question, I was like, I feel like if I say to someone of the three of them, the look on their face will be like, (laughs) and I'm like, oh no, my bad, let me explain.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that you did explain.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so why do you think in 2020, uh, queer Black men, cis homosexual Black men, and cis hat Black men still struggle, and if we can be completely honest, this had black women as well, why do you believe that they still struggle when it comes to the trans experience? Why do you think that it's still so difficult for them to understand? I feel like I saw your hand already go up, Mark. So, <laughs> so how do you feel about
3: it, Mark? Um. Granted, number one, thank you for the explanation as well. Um, Absolutely. we going to be like, oh, let me check on my phone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you real slap on the look down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just part of me wants to say ignorance. Um, and I want to say that in. Two different ways, a, a, a rude way, like some of these motherfuckers are just ignorant, mm-hmm. but also some just don't know. Yeah, yeah. And for for me personally, I don't know much about the trans experience. Mm-hmm. Um, until it wasn't until I came to Kentucky that I learned about the trans experience, which is interesting. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> 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 you know, um. But it, it just it just wasn't something previously I had ever interacted with. You yeah. know, um, coming to Kentucky and working at the institution um, in the in the mountains of Kentucky, that was the first time I interacted with a trans student, and not just one, multiple. Um, and just learning about just them and their journey, it really opened my eyes, and 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 it opened my eyes to some of the biases and the Ignorant shit that I would say. Yeah. You know, um, but I feel like, okay, correct me if I say this wrong, het. cis het.
0: yeah. Okay. C- okay cis- cool. Cisgendered heterosexual.
3: Yeah. Okay, I, I, we gotta work on that. Okay.
0: Um,
3: <laughs> 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 um, but I feel like with, with queer men, especially, you know, queer black men, um, we often feel, and this is just me, Mm -hmm. from speaking from my experience um i often felt at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to being a black man in general
2: Mm right
3: um you know growing up i felt like i was uh i was perceived as weaker or not as masculine as the straight black man i was around yeah Uh, whether it's in in my family or in my school and in in terms of that but then in the queer community like i feel like um, so many people hold uh, there's a totem pole in a sense with that too,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know. And I feel like they see people who are of the trans experience as lesser than they are. Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Um, and I think that's the that's when I when it comes to the ignorant motherfuckers type of statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Just because it's just like we're we're all trying to fight to, to be who we are. Mm -hmm. So why can't you accept this one demographic who are just trying to be themselves when we have been fighting for the same way. And when I say that with me, just being a black, a black queer man. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think, I think it's ignorance in, in, in a couple of different aspects. Um, some people will grow out of that. Some people will, uh, experience more and, and, and open, are open to learn more. Some aren't, some will hold those ideologies and those mentalities for the rest of their life. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a, it's a number of different reasons, but I do think it's, it's a bit of ignorance. To so
0: that um, statement that you made as far as the totem pole, that's real. Mm-hmm. And with the totem, the reason why trans people are at the bottom, one, play, uh, ignorance plays a huge part in it, but so does patriarchy, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's on both sides for trans women and trans men. So with trans men, you're already looking at it because for someone who is unwilling to accept a person as a trans man, you're a woman. So already you're weaker than me. Already you should be beneath me. So that's one. So now you're a trans man, that of which I don't understand to begin with. And more than likely I think you're gay, you know? So now you're underneath me because you're a trans man but also you you're a woman as far as i'm concerned and you're trying to be a gay man so now i really don't like you now i have two reasons to be against you you know so Mm -hmm. it's like that's why i'm putting trans men underneath me Mm -hmm. you're it's even worse if you're a trans woman because if you're a trans woman now you are a man and you're disrespecting everything we stand for as men because you're trying to be a woman So now we're going to get into the history of the femininity we believe you try to push onto us as Black men anyway. You know? You're trying to attack us and take away our masculinity. And we already had that problem with queer men. Now you're coming in here, you're making it even worse because you're actually trying to be a woman, not understanding that you already were, you know? You were born a woman. You were just assigned something. Somebody told you who you were. They didn't wait for you to be able to say as you grew older, I am a woman. No, they told you, which is the whole reason with, you know, gender reveal parties and everything. That's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, so they're already deciding for you, this is where you are in the totem. How dare you even believe that you get to be anyone of, of significance because you want to be a woman. So you're already destroying it for us because for whatever reason in their mind, black men are not going to exist anymore. So, with you informing us that you're a woman, you're making our numbers even lower. So you don't get to exist. So what you said about the totem is very important and I wanted the misfits to be able to, you know, hear that because we for a long time as as queer black men believed that we were at the bottom. But that was because, you know, in all of our ignorance, in all of our ignorance at certain points, we weren't acknowledging our trans brothers and sisters, and if we want to really get deep, trans non-binary people. <laughs> that is once again, a whole other conversation. <laughs> but yeah, so um, Thomas, how do you feel?
2: Uh, I've always believed if you're un- uneducated on something, then you shouldn't speak on it. Listen. Um, that, that has been my biggest thing. Um, I agree with Mark. I think it starts off as an education thing, but quickly regresses down to ignorance. Um, I had the privilege of watching, and I, I tell everyone to watch it, Disclosure on, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And how amazing that was and how eye-opening was for myself. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not going to speak out on something because I'm not that well-educated on it. So in that sense as well, I'm not going to discriminate against something because I'm not educated on it.
0: There we go. Um,
2: it, it's it's, I hate to say it's that simple, but... To a point it is but in reality it's people make it so much bigger Mm -hmm. because we don't understand if i say if i say yeah if i say i'm afraid of the dark well why are you afraid of the dark because i'm afraid of the unknown Mm -hmm. there you go that's exactly what it is because you don't know what it is you just don't like it And that's not fair um i totally agree with that totem pole um and being i'm not saying i'm on the top but having the 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 masculine look mm-hmm. the the muscles are for so the the gym body or whatnot when people tell you like oh wow you're gay i would have never guessed well why right right what 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 does gay exactly would you like me to 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 do all this and to go all you know because i can but i don't so again it it, it starts off as education but I don't expect anyone, especially anyone who's trans, to say, here, let me educate you. No, because then it's ignorant on my part to not say, I want to learn, so let me go do the research myself. Absolutely. Right. It's not your job. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Right. Whether I agree with it or not, I mean, I, I have no say. I don't, I don't care, I really don't. But like I said, I watch Disclosure. To know that it goes back as far as the 1900s, when they were in, when everyone was in film, is like
0: it goes back what the even hell? further than that. Right, <laughs> it does go,
2: yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. But, yeah, but no one knows because you don't want to educate yourself. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: And and I I love that you said that. And it, it is very difficult for human beings to understand that, that if I am not educated on something, I probably should stay silent, either just in general or until I choose to educate myself. But I feel like I need to be in the conversation.
2: <laughs> and that's the thing. And that's, um, unfortunately, that's a sad part of our culture today, is that yeah. everyone has an opinion and they feel that their opinion needs a
1: platform and then they just say whatever they want. Yes. research?
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: And, and so often to our uh, queer brothers, and once again, you know, our cishet brothers and sisters as well, I'm like, for, and again, going back to what Thomas said as far as, you know, we don't want to say it's so simple, but it's so simple. Like, yeah. think about who you are as a quote unquote minority. Think about your journey. Think about your journey as a minority and how you are now not holding space for an entire community. Has that not been done to you? Right there. Like if we could pause right there, we'll go into the rest of everything else afterwards. But take a moment to just think about that. Think about what you've experienced for your whole life, you know, on the margins. <laughs> and the space that people don't want to create for you. And now look at you doing the exact same thing. And I think the frustrating thing for me is the people who aren't willing to see it. And they completely blow it away. And it's like, but you can't. It's literally right there in front of your face. I understand that you're unwilling to see it, but history shows that you're on the the side of the people that you detest. Because in the ignorance that you're, you're pouring into this community, you can't not see that this is what was done to us because we're still in the fight. So you have to understand and accept your privilege because it's not like you're free. We would like to believe we are, but we're not. So you're still fighting. So how you how can't you still be on the battle, the battle lines, you know, and not see that there's a whole group of people right next to you fighting for equality as well, you know? My bad.
1: Chavez, how do you feel? <laughs> um so I wanna piggyback on, on 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 what you just said about us still being a minority and we're still fighting for equality as as black people, mm-hmm. you know, as, as, as black people, we're still fighting for equality. So why discriminate against the LGBTQ community when we're all <laughs> we're all we're all fighting for the same thing? Um, so that that just that just frustrates me. Like j- just to see how like ignorant tweets and Facebook statuses and stuff about saying, saying um, like one, one guy was just going on and on about how the gay community and the trans community don't exist. they pretty oh. much don't, don't exist to him. he don't he don't see us as as, as, as one. Like pretty much just isolated us like that that was hurtful the three like I didn't know this guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I didn't yeah. know this guy, but like people people been sharing it and that like shit like that hurts. yeah when when I when we already know how it feels for a white person to discriminate against us, and you're doing the same thing.
0: Yeah.
1: And um regarding trans women, See, I didn't really understand it at first. Neither, like, like when when I I came up when I was like eighteen. Yeah. So I didn't really understand it neither until a few years ago when I, because I I, I work for I work for IKEA. Mm-hmm. I work for IKEA and they are very big on um, inclusion. Yeah. And we have a lot of trans. It's a lot of trans men and trans women who, who work there. So. Me working there has exposed me to them, and they're, they're just regular people just trying to live their lives. Like, I like just let just let them be. Absolutely. Just let them be, and 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 I want to also commend Pose for showing mm-hmm. uh, for showing trans women in in a beautiful light. Yeah. Showing showing how human they are. Um. I I, I believe that 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 taught me a lot about what they go through as well. Yeah, and also um, everyone's murder. Everyone's murder ha- has affected me, but the one that I cannot get out of my head is Dominique Fells.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah,
1: I'm. I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with her. She's, but the, she's a trans- transgender she sister a who was dismembered, right? Was dismembered in a suitcase. Yep. That was the one that I took at least three or four days off of social media after reading that. Like, I could not get the image out of my mind. Yeah. Of of them finding her. Um, but yeah, that, that that's what I that's what I think about it. And I do agree with Mark regarding the, the totem pole as well. Yeah. Um but I, I, I just don't understand why why we view each other as being lower than the other when mm-hmm. we're all fighting for the same thing.
0: I would implore the uh, those in the Misfit universe who may have not heard the episode yet, as well as the three of you, um, mm-hmm. to listen to the episode that came right before this episode. Uh, it is called Black Trans Lives Matter. And right. I have um, three Black trans sisters on there. Yeah, I'm I, not on there at all.
1: I, I watched some of it. I, I shared it on my page. Thank you. Yeah. You're I'm, right.
0: I'm, I'm like welcome. I feel like it's a good education for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I removed yeah. myself completely from the space and it's these sisters just telling their stories you know and my goal was for a lot of us because you know and, and this is what i try to tell our cis hat brothers and sisters i'm like there are people in the queer community who are just as ignorant to it as you are so yeah you all make sure you check that episode out okay so last question and for the record this has been an awesome conversation thank you all so much seriously uh, you guys haven't even been on the podcast before in general. So, thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. Of course, thanks for Absolutely. So, for the last question, when it comes to healing, if there is any advice that you could give to those in the misfit universe, and I don't even think this is one of the questions I sent you all, so forgive me, I'm kind of catching y'all off guard. Um, <laughs> if there is one particular gem, one bit of advice as far as healing that you could give to those in the misfit universe what would that one thing be it could be something that you practice yourself or something that you want to get into practicing you know what is it that you feel as though the misfit universe could do in regards to healing because this is the black and queer mental health podcast so who, more than likely whoever is listening is on the same journey as a lot of us you know so they're going through a lot as far as either being black or being queer in a country that right now they may feel as though doesn't care about them at all. So if you could give them a little bit of advice on how you feel as though they could go about healing, what would it be? This time, I won't choose anyone because all of y'all could be like, I'm thinking right now. So (laughs) So I'll go first and give you all an opportunity (laughs) to think of what your answer would be. (laughs) For me, I'm going to go back to what it is that Thomas had mentioned much earlier, which was about being able to sit with self. That's I am. Shepan's <laughs> talk about, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm a huge proponent of it. I really, really am. For both sides though, because Thomas also made a very good point and it won't be easy for some people. And that's reality, you know? But I would challenge you, especially in this space of where we are right now with COVID, Take this time where you don't have to rush out of the house every single day and I mean it can be in small increments you don't have to because me I'm the kind of person I like to go through a whole day of silence just sitting with Raven for a whole 24 hours. I don't want to interact with nobody just sit with me my thoughts and heal. You could be listening to this right now and be like fuck that (laughs) and that's totally okay. That's totally okay. Give yourself a couple of minutes you know. A couple of minutes just be like I'm gonna sit with myself and see what I want to pull when I do a lot of my meditation classes like I teach on top of Stone Mountain here in Georgia and when I'm walking up with my students I have a stop at different points of the mountain and we work on meditation and one of the things that I ask for them to do is to focus on some of the toxic things they want to give or not give away get out of themselves for that day it could be something they've gone through in the last week, last month. It could be something that they want to unpack that is 10 years ago. And they they every now and then they'll go past it in their mind and they'll be like, nope, not dealing with it today. But in this moment, maybe. Just maybe you wanna begin to do the work of getting rid of it. And so that's a challenge you can give yourself, you know? So that's what I would implore those who are listening to do in the Misfit universe, to just take those baby steps. Take those baby steps of being alone. I mean, we alone more often than not when we go in the bathroom. Take that time. (laughs) If you say to yourself, I don't want to lay in my bed and think, you know, when I'm sitting on the toilet, (laughs) I'm going to take that moment. (laughs) I'm going to take that moment to do a little introspection, you know, do a little healing work and see what comes from that. But please, please, please allow yourself to feel all the feelings. Feel all the feelings, because especially as men who identify as men, you know? A lot of us who are cis homo or cis hetero have been raised to believe that we cannot show feelings, you know, yes. that tears are weak. And I would ask that any of you who are listening right now, and there are a lot of our sisters out here, trans women, you know, cis het women, who also may have been raised to feel that way, unfortunately. But I implore all of you to get past that BS. Tears are healing as shit. They really are, and they are such a necessary release. So I challenge all of you to allow yourselves to just be alone for a moment, and to feel everything, feel all of it, and see what happens on the other side. Okay, I'm looking at y'all like, who do I think would be the most confident to go next? I'm gonna give it to Thomas. (laughs) I feel like Savannah's just shaking his head like,
1: Bitch, I'm that like, be you me. Just said every damn thing I was going to say. I don't know what else to say. You said every
2: damn thing I was going to say. Um. Well, yeah. Besides piggybacking off of that, my the the biggest thing that I learned through healing and through growing uh, and change is definitely finding my purpose. Mm. Mm. And a lot of people will say, you know, well, if you find your purpose, then. I'm going to start a business or I'm going to start a new career when that in reality is not what it is. It's really finding out about who you are as a person. Um, You know, like Raven, you said you're a healer and that is your purpose. Mm -hmm. Now you can heal in any space possible. And that's what we have to look at is actually what you're doing, not where you're doing it. Come on. So if I say I'm a trainer it doesn't matter where I train, but I can train wherever I need to be able to train. Same thing goes for me. You know, when I started focus, um, it was it was kind of a, a dumb idea. But just to say like, oh, we should start focusing on ourselves. Mm-hmm. But then when I really broke it down, and what focus stands for is focusing on creating your solutions. Because at the end of the day, we have to be able to figure out what is making us upset, yeah. what is making us happy. Because when I can start to pinpoint those little things, I can go back to those points to say, this is what made me happy. This is what made me upset, so I'm not gonna do this again. So really finding that purpose and finding the reason why we are here. Yeah. Like I said before, we we have a limited time. 90 years doesn't seem like a limited time, but Mark, you wait. When you hit 32, 33, it starts speeding up real quick. So, <laughs> um, but, But when you get that feeling, you say, I'm gonna do as much as I possibly can in this limited time. And that's gonna be doing whatever I feel is a passion of mine. And if that's speaking to people, training people, writing amazing books, uh, directing great screenplays, things like that, that is where you find your purpose and you you find your true value in yourself.
0: Listen, it's been several times on this episode. I've almost <laughs> reached through this screen at him. <laughs> I know. Reached through this screen.
2: <laughs> but but here's the thing, and and I love that, and I appreciate that, and and Vez will attest to this. This came with a lot of growth and a lot of change in myself. Mm-hmm. Because back in Baltimore, just it's for 2020, probably back in 2017, I was not here. Yeah, I was not in this space. And it didn't take a a new relationship or a address change for me to change. It took a mind shift change. It took a personality change that I really had to change deep down inside myself that no one else could do for me.
0: Yes. I
2: wasn't looking for anyone else to do for me, but I had to figure that out. So there were plenty of tears. There were plenty of laughs. There were plenty of drinks. Uh, There was a lot. But at the end of the day, this is what comes out of that and it's it's a beautiful thing. It's great. It's amazing. I'm
0: going to tell you the same thing that people have been telling me for years. And for whatever reason, my black ace saint hasn't done it. Chavez knows. Because <laughs> Chavez has done several. You need to write a book. Like, you need to get on that. Like, <laughs> ASAP. <laughs> I would absolutely, absolutely get it. Um, speak a word. Speak a word. Um, Mr., Mr. Author, Chavez, what about you? <laughs> um...
1: I would just to piggyback on both of you guys. Um, I, I would just tell everyone to it, that is okay to sit with yourself. Mm-hmm. It's okay to sit with your thoughts. It's okay to sit with your ideas. It's okay to acknowledge when you fucked up. It's mm-hmm. okay to acknowledge the good things that you have done. Um, it's it's okay to admit when you were when you did someone wrong. It's, it's okay to sit with yourself because if, if, if you do not face those things, you're going to stay stuck in that same place forever, <laughs> forever. So, um, yeah, so I, I would say to, to, um, sit with yourself and, and, and tackle, tackle everything, everything that you're going through, everything that you have experienced. And, um, yeah, just change your way of thinking. Change, excuse me, change the way you perceive yourself. Don't change the way you, you perceive others. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I would say. Mm-hmm.
0: Change <laughs> the way you perceive others. There's, that's 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 not a throwaway line at all. Mm-hmm. Like, change the way you perceive others, that's a lot behind that baby. (laughs) Baby.
2: Woo!
0: (laughs) Mark, what about you?
1: Oh, shit. Um,
3: (laughs) um, Honestly, I mean, it's just kind of piggybacking on what y'all said, but remember, you know, whoever is listening, remember to love yourself throughout your journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) understand what that love looks like. You know, love um, yourself by taking care of yourself. Love yourself and realize that love yourself means pulling away from that person. Um, love yourself sometimes. Um, make, sometimes means being vulnerable. Yeah. Um, challenging your way of thinking. It means you know reevaluating what you do. So, you know, it's so easy to. Um, it's so easy to get down on yourself for decisions you've made or wrongdoings you've done or whatever or mistakes you made, it's so easy to do so. But it's harder to love yourself and recognize that's okay. Yeah. And recognize that yeah. next time when you when you face that similar situation or similar, similar experience, that you're gonna do better. Mm-hmm. Um, so just remember to, I mean, just love. Love yourself um, through that journey of growth.
2: Yes.
0: Okay, so I know I thanked you all before I got to that last question, but I wanna thank you again, because I've really enjoyed this. Yeah, I really enjoyed this yeah, too. Yeah, this is good. Yes. Come on now. <laughs> we I got some new people I need to be inviting <laughs> on to Because <that. laughs> these are, you know, this is our 10th Black, Queer, and Unapologetic, and the conversations are always amazing. But mm. you know, like I said, I've had a lot of the same people over and over again, who of course will be back. But right. one of the things that I've been thinking of with um, the pandemic and what's been going on is, especially with Zoom, which they're not paying me, so I ain't gonna say their name but so many times. <laughs> Starting to use them provided me with uh, a better way of being able to converse with people in different cities in different states. Mm-hmm. Because what I was using before made it very difficult to hear people it sounded horrible when I tried mm-hmm. to talk to people in other cities. So this works great and it's opened up the the door for how many people I can invite onto the podcast now. And I was like I really want to talk to people who live in other places. And when I was thinking about people, I'm like, but I want it to be people who are on Black, queer, and unapologetic, who I know are genuinely doing the work. No matter where they are in the work, they're actually doing the work, you know? Right. So I was very thankful that all of you said yes, because I really feel like the Misfits could learn from all of you. So again, I thank each and every you. you. Thank you. Thank you, reading. Absolutely, Misfits, we will be back with good news. And now it is time for good news. Thank you once again to Thomas, Chavez, and Mark for a great conversation. Uh, I love when we have our BQ and use. I love when we have different people come on. I love just listening to people converse uh, and everyone's different viewpoints. There was something different about this one. I'm not sure what it is. (laughs) I don't know if it's because we were all over the country I don't know if it's because it was all of their first times I don't know something felt I enjoyed it I enjoyed it because of how heavy things have been you know um, funny enough I feel like this one didn't have as much laughter as many of the BQ and Us, but yet it felt very relaxed it really did it felt very chill So I enjoy that. I just enjoy, you know, being the one consistent person on all of the BQ and U's. I look back at all of the different ones that we've had, uh, because there's been more than ten. It's, you know, it's just that these are the ones that are counted as the ten, if you feel where I'm coming from. Uh, But all of them have been so different, and I've just enjoyed them. I guess this is me reflecting as we're, you know, what, two, three episodes away from the 100th episode. Uh, Yeah. I really enjoyed that. So, good news. The latest episode of Keep Firing premiered last week. And it is entitled We Are One. It's episode 11. And I wanted to give a shout out to both Daryl and Quentin. They're my uh, co-hosts on the show. And uh, Daryl came to me because he's the host host (laughs) of the show. He came to me and told me that he wanted to do an episode about the trans experience. I had let him know that I was actually already doing that. And I had some sisters that planned to be on the show. So, I initially said, you know, maybe I could talk to another one of my trans friends and see if they'd be willing to be on there and he could interview them. However, he said, why not just, you know, use some of the audio from your episode? And I was like, that would be great. You know, more exposure for the episode, more exposure for the sisters so he went with nia clark who i mentioned earlier and that's why i said we talk about it later on she was the host for the episode and she kind of bookended the episode as well you know starting it off and then ending it as i do with each episode so he used about i believe he said like 20 minutes of her initial intro of the show and then he quentin and i had a great conversation about what it looks like showing up for different communities uh and you know, uh, as, as Quentin said, if you are an ally or if you're an accomplice, and the first person I heard bring up the, the word accomplice was actually Nia on last uh, the last episode of CHS. So when Quentin said it, I was like, I'd never really thought about it that way before. So both of them kind of opened my eyes to things. But uh, I definitely think that you guys should check out Keep Firing. Uh, keep firing is on all major podcast platforms i listen to it on spotify but you can listen to it wherever you feel comfortable then there is the conscious mess podcast that is hosted by a uh, instagram friend of mine by the name of tobias awesome individual awesome individual uh i'll read his words So that I can make sure that I'm giving you uh, his description of what the podcast is about. He says, join me as I demystify trying to live consciously as a millennial in a beautifully ratchet world. Now, Conscious just uh, premiered. I'm recording this Tuesday morning. It premiered this past Friday. So it's fairly new, I believe. The first episode is only maybe 15, 18 minutes, something like that, I believe. So it's a quick listen. Go ahead and subscribe so that you can be walking along with him uh, for the episodes to come. Once again, as I told him online, congratulations, Tobias, and welcome to the podcast family. And last would be Rustling While Black, the third podcast that I host along with R3. Uh, We celebrated one year on Juneteenth, (laughs) which I don't know how neither of us realized that the podcast premiered on Juneteenth last year. I don't know how we didn't realize that. But yeah, so, and you know me, always transparent. uh, I was sharing with him one of the main reasons why I didn't promote it is because the conversation is phenomenal. It's the first time since we created the podcast that we don't really talk about wrestling on it. It's all about black lives. Uh and the one time we did do anything as far as wrestling was an audio clip that we used of the rock. But it's my favorite episode. But the audio Ooh, excuse me again doing this. Who it Tuesday morning. I think that's the first time I've I've ever yawned on the podcast. And I'm actually not gonna take it out. I was going to edit it out, but no, that was a real moment, so I'm gonna keep that. <laughs> And for the record, when I say Tuesday morning, I don't mean like sun out Tuesday morning. I mean at 2.52 a.m. People really don't understand what the process is like to edit a podcast. It's no joke. Um, (laughs) So I could not even get to recording this part until this time of the morning. But any of the who. uh, Yes. So please make sure that you um, check out. The Juneteenth episode of Rustling Wild Black. Uh, I know the audio could be far better. But if you can get past that, the conversation is actually really, really good. And uh, Rustling While Black is on SoundCloud and Spotify. Yes. So that will bring this episode to an end. Wow, we are really close to the 100th episode of THS. And I wanted to make this big to-do, you know, uh, we were going to have it. uh, I was going to do it, you know, a live event in person with lots of people and all that stuff. COVID is thinking differently. So it means that I'm going to need to use my imagination to come up with another way to be able to celebrate the 100th episode. Uh, But we're on our way. We're very, very close to it. Thank you all so much. Uh, While you were listening to this podcast... Brianna's killers, Elijah's killers are still free. I just wanted to throw that out there to all of you because we continue to have work to do. Keep pushing, do not allow yourself to be weighed down by the depression and sadness that we continue to experience as they continue to haunt us. We remain as powerful as we are because we don't give up. And we continue to find ways to rise higher because we are an amazing people. That is why they seek to destroy us because there is nothing like blackness. There is nothing like blackness. There is absolutely nothing on this earth like blackness. Walk in it. Revel in it. Be proud of it. I love you, misfits. And until next time, namaste.